Welcome to the Yukon RUF podcast. RUF at Yukon is a ministry that relies completely on the financial support of churches and individuals like you in order to serve the Yukon community. You can support RUF at Yukon by going to ruf.org slash Yukon. How y'all doing? Like, can you give me the thumb scale overall? That's like a perfect 100. You really can't get any better than you're feeling right now. Um, yeah, guys, so this is really fun for me. I like, I like getting to do like announcements at the beginning of RUF, but that's like, sometimes it's nice to like not have to do that all the time. And that's why I'm really glad. Give it up for Angie for like, Killing in a game? You're not Jed, you're Angie. <laughs> anyway, guys, really, this is an honor for me. I love, I love getting to do this. Um, if, you're, if you haven't been here so far this semester, we're going through this series right now called All of Life Belongs to God. And, you know, we've talked about things like love. We've talked about things like relationships and sex. And we're going to move into something tonight that's fundamental to all of these things. We're going to be talking about something that affects all of us, that we all experience on some level, whether you know it or not. And tonight we're going to talk about loneliness. All right? So I know that sounds kind of like depressing or something like that, but it's good. This will be good. I'm glad. I'm excited to get to do this. Um, but we're going to talk about some things. We're going to talk about like what loneliness is. We're going to talk about what it's not. We're going to talk about like what's its purpose. Like, is there a purpose for loneliness? And we're going to talk about What's the solution to loneliness? What's the end of our loneliness look like? What does that mean? Um, so we're going to read from Ecclesiastes 4, 7 through 12. So it'll be on the screen right there. Uh, please follow along with me. All right. It says, Again, I saw vanity under the sun. One person who has no other, either son or brother, yet there is no end to all his toil. And his eyes are never satisfied with riches, so that he never asks, For whom am I toiling and depriving myself of pleasure? This also is vanity in an unhappy business. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And, all, and although a man may, might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Guys, would you pray with me before we get into this? Father, we thank you um, that you are a good and glorious God. Would you um, send your spirit to be in this room, to work in our hearts and our minds? help us hear what your word has to say about loneliness and isolation. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. Would you help us to know him more clearly and more dearly tonight? Thank you for who you are. Pray us all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I'm going to start off tonight with some poetry, okay? So if you figure out who this is, you can just say it after I read it. All right. How was I supposed to know? Oh, pretty baby, I shouldn't have let you go. I must confess that my loneliness is killing me now. Don't you know I still believe 
that you will be here and give me a sign. Hit me, baby, one more time. (laughs) My loneliness is killing me. Who is it? (laughs) See? See? You guys probably didn't even grow up with Britney Spears, but you knew what that was. All right, so Britney is on to something here. Even though she probably did not write this song, all right? And even though she just announced on Twitter that she has a new boyfriend, her loneliness probably isn't like that killing her anymore. You know, anyone? Just saying, just putting it out there. But she's onto something, all right? Uh, Going to read some research for you guys. According to some research conducted by the American Psychological Association, there was a study involved involving 300,000 participants, and it revealed that those with greater social connections have a 50% reduced risk of dying early. Um, And according to the AARP, over 42 million Americans over the age of 45 suffer from chronic loneliness. Uh, More than a quarter of the population lives alone, and more than half the population is unmarried. Not to say that being unmarried equates to loneliness. It's just part of the research. So, you know, Britney Spears is being like kind of extra in this poem, like her loneliness is killing her. But she's onto something. You know, in a way, loneliness actually is fatal. There's a way in which prolonged disconnection and prolonged loneliness can actually be fatal. And we are living in a society that is increasingly more lonely and increasingly more disconnected. Um, I, I wonder how many of you here at UConn can sense that loneliness and can sense that isolation. Um, this, this is a lonely place. You know, maybe you can think back to your freshman year of college or you can think to just, you know, maybe it's just present, what you're experiencing right now. Um, you know, people say, like, college is, like, the most fun time of your life where you meet tons of friends. But it's pretty hard to meet friends, is it not? Uh, sometimes for you being away from family is really difficult. Uh, sometimes, like, being on social media and seeing all of your, like, all these people that you know out on the weekend having a good time and you're in your room, like, watching YouTube videos, like, scrolling through social media and, like, kind of, like, convincing yourself that you're, like, fine, but you're not, you're lonely... But, like, all these people are connected, and you're like, oh, what am I doing with my life? You know, isolation is a common experience. It's a common experience here. It's a common experience um, in the world. I don't know if maybe, like, just, like, walk into a dining hall. Every time I go into a dining hall here, I try to look. And you'll notice, if you're paying attention, there's a lot of people who are, you know, eating their cereal, staring at their phone, and scrolling through Instagram memes, by themselves. It's, most people in, in dining halls are just sitting there scrolling through their phone. It's, you know, isolation is a common experience here. Um, it's a human experience to feel lonely. But we're going to talk about loneliness tonight. But before we talk about loneliness, I want to talk about what isolation is. Okay? We're going to talk about isolation before we talk about loneliness. So this is how tonight is going to work. I'm going to go through three things. All right? First, I'm going to go through what the, the tragedy of isolation Second, I'm going to talk about the dignity, the dignity of loneliness. And third, we're going to talk about the end of loneliness and isolation. Okay? So first, we're going to talk about the tragedy of isolation. Um, I, I would say that there are probably two types of isolation or ways that we isolate or become isolated. Uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, what we just read, has a lot to say about the world we live in. And it has a lot to say about the failed attempts we make at trying to find meaning and trying to find purpose in our life um, without God. But these first few verses could really apply 
to anyone here at UConn. Um, you know, in college student terms, you could read this as, you know, a perfect 4.0 GPA, a perfect resume, perfect connections for a job in the future, a great degree. You know, but what does it matter if we have all of those things and we are alone? You know, what, what, what's the point of following our pursuits if we have no one with us? You know, I was thinking about it this earlier. Like, who wants to go walk at graduation with no one there to, like, cheer them on? You know, there's something really sad about this. And there's something, there's a lot of wisdom in here that we need to glance at. Um, but this is, in a sense, this is what isolation is. Isolation is a state of being disconnected from each other. It's a state of disconnection. Not just disconnected in, like, a romantic sense, because I think that's kind of our our natural, like, intuitive thinking about what disconnection is. Like, I need to find my soulmate. Uh, but this is, a dis- this is disconnection in a communal sense. This is disconnection in a communal sense. And sometimes our isolation is self-imposed. Sometimes we bring it on to ourselves. This isn't always the case, but sometimes this is. And this is what the writer of Ecclesiastes is talking about. Um, and we'll get on to the second, second kind of isolation, but I want to talk about this first. Um, you know, earlier on in this semester, we learned that we are created to be in a relationship with each other and not just in kind of like a consumeristic way. Not in a way to like just kind of like use other people to get on in life and to become more successful and to kind of use people as like stepping stones to get like success. Um, but we're actually supposed to be, we, like we were intended to live in a relationship with each other in community with each other for the collective good of the community, not just for our own good. Real community and real friendship are really hard things. I don't know if you recognize that, but they are really hard things. Um, But they're hard because they don't put us at the center of our own universe. Real friendship and real community, they limit our freedom. And they require our time and energy. They're hard because they actually cost us something. You know, sometimes that looks like giving up some of your study time to go hang out with a friend who really needs you to hang out with them. Uh... You know, sometimes that looks like not using your, like, like, I have designated, like, Netflix time during my day, or, like, designated, like, Xbox Live time during my day. But, you know, sometimes it looks like giving up some of your, like, designated time to just, like, go to, like, a Bible study and just, like, be around people that you need and they need you. Um, You know, typically we only want to be with our friends when it's convenient or necessary for us. But this way of looking at community and this way of looking at friendships is, is very self-serving. Uh, I was reminded and just kind of thinking of this concept that, I don't know, you guys here tossed around ghosting. You, know, you guys know what ghosting is? Is that ghosting, kind of this idea that like you have someone in your life and then like you don't really want them in your life anymore, so you just kind of like slowly detach yourself from them. And then like you run into them like two months later and they're like, oh, hey, how are you? And you're like, oh, hey, I miss you. I don't know you are. But really you like wanted to disconnect from them. Um, you know, this... Ghosting is kind of buying is this kind of this consumeristic mentality of how we treat our relationships and our friendships. It's kind of this way of saying like, you know, you're just not really convenient in my life anymore, so I'm just going to kind of distance myself. Like, I'm not even going to give you the time of day to like have a conversation about why I don't like you anymore. <laughs> um, but this is a kind of this is a kind of way of living in which we find ourselves isolated. Like, think about at the end of the day, you have your degree, you graduated, but you lost all your friends along the way, and you find yourself isolated. This is a way of isolating yourself. And this is what this, this passage, this first part of this passage is talking about, um, is this kind of way of disconnecting ourselves through our own individualistic pursuits, 
But there's another kind of isolation I want to talk about. There's another kind of isolation that we need to see. Um, and this is the kind of isolation that we experience that's on no fault, like that's no fault of our own. Um, this is the kind of disconnection that's just kind of random, seems kind of random. Uh, I, was, I was watching YouTube videos because that's what I do when I'm bored and we're going to talk about that later. But um, Lion King, who's seen it? Raise your hand. Everyone. Raise your hand if you haven't seen Lion King. Joe, this, this explains a lot, Joe. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, go see Lion King if you haven't already, Joe. Everyone else, good job. You did, you did, fan, you did a fantastic job with this. Um, but, like... If you're like me, Lion King, you have that, like, there's that one moment in the film that has, like, stuck with you the rest, like, your whole life. It's that moment where, like, Simba's in the valley and he's on the tree and there's, like, all the gazelles or whatever, antelopes, I don't know, someone. Gazelles. We're going to say gazelles. They're running through the valley and, like, Mufasa and Scar are there and they see Simba and Mufasa runs down and, like, saves Simba and then gets Simba to safety and Mufasa is, like, climbing up the mountain and Scar, like, grabs him and, like, throws him down and Mufasa gets killed. And then there's, like, Simba going, like, no! It's, like, horrible. It's, like, it's so sad. Like, I was thinking, I watched it today, again, the YouTube video, and I was, like, why am I crying? I was, like, oh, this is normal. I should be crying. Like, this is really sad. And so, but, but this is, this is why, like, this is, this is, this is, this is the way. Okay, oh, yeah. So, not just that. Not doesn't he just, like, lose his father, but Scar comes down, he's, like, this is your fault, and you need to leave. And he leaves, and he he disappears. He goes he goes off into the desert, and and uh, like sometimes I'm going to tie this all back. Don't worry. Sometimes isolation just happens to us. Sometimes we just find ourselves isolated. Sometimes tragedy strikes. Sometimes things like this happen, and it it's horrible. You know, comment comment that like ever had a friend betray you or reject you or just stop talking to you? Uh, you know, ever ever moved? You know, coming to campus, perhaps. Uh, you know, like maybe, maybe, you've, maybe you've come from, maybe you come from a broken family where there's been divorce. Like there's, there's things in which isolation sometimes just happens to us, and we find ourselves in these positions of just isolation, and that is tragic, and that is horrible. Um, you know, perhaps you've known this sense of isolation. You know, this feeling of being trapped, this, this, this eagerness to feel some sense of connection with another, to be known by someone, like a parent or a friend or whoever else, but there's no way to do so. Perhaps you've known community and known friendship, but lost it. It's a painful feeling. You know, maybe you moved to campus and have been spending every weekend alone in your dorm. Maybe you feel the weight of living in a house or a family in which there's very little warmth or connection in it. I think sometimes the most painful form of isolation is being in an environment where there's supposed to be connection and there's supposed to be warmth, but instead all you feel is disconnection. Sometimes that can be the most profound sense of isolation. Um, you know, but college campuses are like a good example of that. Like you're around people all the time. You're you're in you're you're in your dorm with probably roommates. You're getting food with people around people. You're going to the gym around people, like especially at the UConn gym because it's like jam-packed like sardines. It's horrible. Um, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, you're, you go to class. You go to feel, meals. Like, you're always around people here. You know, yet it's such an isolating place sometimes. And that's a tragedy. Uh, 
But the writer of Ecclesiastes is trying to tell us that the person who is aware that she is isolated is far better off than the person who continues to stay busy enough to avoid really having to deal with the reality of their situation, that they're isolated. Um, This is what it says. Yet there is no end to his toil, and his eyes are never satisfied with riches. Hear this. So that he never asks, for whom am I toiling and depriving myself of pleasure? Those who are lonely and realize it are far better off than those who are isolated and unaware of it. So isolation is a state of disconnection. But it's different than loneliness. All right? We were never intended to live lives of isolation. You know, we see in the Garden of Eden, we talked about this a good bit the last couple weeks, but when God had created Adam but had yet to create Eve, uh, it says that Adam was alone. This is before sin and brokenness enter into this world of ours. This is important to see because this actually means that loneliness has some kind of purpose to it. It tells us that feeling alone is not a sinful experience or a weak experience, but it in fact has a purpose. There is a purpose to loneliness. So what is it? And why do we all experience it on some level? So second point, we're going to talk about the good of feeling lonely or the dignity in our loneliness. All right, let's go back to Lion King. All right, we're going to go back. All right, you with me? Um, so, okay, Simba in the desert, all alone, experiencing horrific tragedy and isolation from his community, from his family. Um, and he finds Timon and Pumbaa, you know, ends up being two of his greatest friends in the whole Lion King universe, lore, whatever. But this is what, this is what I'm saying, is that when we experience disconnection, when we experience isolation, you know, our, our tendency is to reconnect. And that's a good tendency. It's a good thing to desire connection. It's a good thing to desire friendship. You know, imagine if we did not have this desire. Simba would go to the desert, he would be isolated, and he'd be okay with it. You know, that's loneliness in a way is like, is, is this desire. It's a, as painful as it may be, you know, loneliness can be a strange gift to reconnect us and to connect us to others. And we'll get into this. But I'm gonna, we're going to define loneliness tonight as a holy, God-given ache for intimacy and connection. Um, in Genesis, we learn that God was, we were created in the image of the triune God. We are not created by a God who exists alone, but by a God who exists alongside the other members of the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, what, so what does this mean for us that we're created in the image of, a, of the triune God? It means that we were never meant to be alone. It means that we were never meant to be alone. We were created to be in relationship with one another on a horizontal level and in relationship with God on a vertical level. We were intended for relationship. We were intended for connection. You know, without loneliness, we wouldn't know this drive to be connected with others. If we did not experience loneliness, we would be okay with living our lives in isolation. Loneliness is simply the desire for connection. It's simply the desire for intimacy. You know, many of you here are at RUF because at one point in your life you were lonely and decided, I need to meet friends and I need to, I need to have community. You, know, whether you're not, you don't have to admit it or not. Like For me and my college experience, that was the case. I had no friends and I found RUF. It took me a while to get kind of like plugged in, but it was like, that's why I showed up, because <laughs> I was lonely. 
Um, I think in our culture, we tend to see loneliness as sort of like this weak thing, like this thing that we should avoid or like not admit to each other that we're lonely. Um, you know, I think we, we value independence. We value being strong and not really needing anyone else, like strong independent man or strong independent woman. Like, uh, you know, but this is, what, this is what Ecclesiastes is actually like warning against. It's warning against this mentality of like being so caught up in our own success and like being independent that we like don't realize that we're isolated and don't have anyone with us. Um, you know, it's actually like a strong thing to like go after relationships because that's how God created us to be. That's a good thing to desire relationship and to desire connection. Um, so loneliness isn't a bad thing. In and of itself, it's not a bad thing, but it's something we can cultivate. Uh, so the, the writer of Ecclesiastes is not warning us against the experience of feeling lonely, but he's warning us against busying ourselves and distracting ourselves to the point that we don't even know we're lonely. And if we're not lonely, we're avoiding connection with people. All right? So this is what, that's what he's warning us against. Uh, all of us in some way, shape, or form are trying to avoid our loneliness. None of us really want to sit in the ache of feeling lonely. Kind of that, like, that, you know, I can't even describe it. It's that kind of intuitive ache of just being, like, in your dorm on Friday night with no one around. You're just like, this sucks. You know, no one really wants to sit in that. You know, loneliness may very well be one of the most painful human experiences. But on the other hand, it may be one of the most important. So here's some ways that we tend to avoid feeling lonely you know there's there's tons of ways but you know sometimes we distract ourselves like this is my like go-to of like avoiding my loneliness is staring at my phone non-stop playing fifa like (laughs) having music on all the time like I just got noise-canceling headphones, and I'm like, God, this is not a good habit of mine to just, like, always have these on. Or, like, getting in my car and immediately turning on the music. But, like, there's ways that we distract ourselves to, like, avoid this feeling of loneliness. Uh, social media is a really good way of, like, tr- like, kind of feeling connection with each other, but not really having that, like, embodied interaction with another person. Like, you kind of get, like, little glimpses of connection with people. Like, the internet is, like, a, like a really good medium for, like, connecting. I'm not saying it's, like, all bad, but, like, there's ways in which we can do it to, like, numb ourselves. Um, porn. You know, porn is, like, a very artificial form of intimacy. It's, like, you know, no one after they look at porn is, like, I feel so connected. You know, no, no one ever feels that way. It, you know, it's like drinking. It's I've heard one writer, I forget who it is, but he says like lust and porn is like being di- like dying of thirst, but like forcing yourself to drink salt water. It's like yes, in some ways, it's still water, but it's killing you. Like it's not actually giving you what you need. It's actually like it's, it's like disconnecting you more. It's not actually connecting you. It's not actually giving you what you need. Um. Here's one way some people might numb or ignore their loneliness by constantly being around people, like suffocating themselves with people like all the time, not really like getting like any meaningful interaction with people, but just like always being around them because they're afraid to be lonely. That's one way to avoid it. Um, There's another way we tend to avoid loneliness or like a way we tend to like misuse it. I think one way is by like expecting one person to just like take away all of our loneliness, like like a, like a significant other or something like that. Like, there's ways in which, like, 
being close to someone like alleviates our loneliness in some ways. But to put the full weight of saying like, take away my loneliness, please. You know, it's like you get like the honeymoon phase for a while and you're like, oh, I feel this is amazing. You know, but as soon as like you realize like, oh, I, I still do kind of feel lonely with that person. It's like you're going to crush them with your expectations. No one person, like human person right now can take away all your loneliness and never make you feel lonely again. People in marriages, ha- happily married, still experience loneliness in some way, shape, or form. Um, another way, I'll be, I'll be brief on this. Sometimes avoiding community entirely is a good way to, like, is to avoid loneliness. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but like, when you go to a place, like say you're new to RUF or new to like, some other group on campus, and you see that everyone is like, interacting with each other, and you can tell that they know each other and like, care about each other, you know, sometimes you can feel more isolated in those moments because you're like, oh, oh, I'm the outsider. Like, I don't know anyone. Like, these people don't know me. They all know each other. They're friends with each other. And sometimes we just don't want to even, like, have to deal with that experience. Sometimes we just want to avoid that experience altogether. And so we just don't show up to things. That's, a way to, that's one way to avoid our loneliness in one way, shape, or form. Uh, so what do we do? It, you know, if, if, what do we do if, we, if avoiding our loneliness isn't, like, if, if that's not the solution, what do we do? What's the solution to, to loneliness? What's, what's the end of loneliness and isolation? Like, what, what is it? Is it just despair? Like, do we just despair over our condition? Or do we just, like, what do we do? Um, so, so, last point. The end of loneliness and isolation. The solution to loneliness and isolation. As I mentioned earlier, there's a vertical and there's a horizontal component to loneliness. In this broken world of ours, left to our own devices, we experience not only some form of disconnection with each other, but we also experience some form of disconnection with God. Left to our own devices, that is. Um, Adam and Eve in the garden, before the fall happened, before sin and brokenness entered into our world, walked in intimacy with one another. And they also walked in intimacy with God himself. There was no thought or experience that God was far away from them, but that he was intimately present with them. It's, it's unwise to think that just human love will satisfy all of your deepest longings and all of your loneliness. But it's also unwise to think that life can just be you and God, and that's it. We're intended for human love, and we're intended for the love of God. And these two things are connected. We can't just separate ourselves from community and say, I, I'm, it's just me and God. You know, but we also can't just say, I don't need God, I have a boyfriend. You know? there's, there's a way in which you know, we, we are intended for a vertical intimacy with God and a horizontal intimacy with, with one another. God has wired us for connection. So we need to recognize our loneliness so that we can, we can see that what the ultimate solution to loneliness is. Rather than just turning to our quick fix like Instagram memes and like, YouTube videos of Lion King and like all these different things. <laughs> That's just me. I'm sorry. Um, so, but we need to see that in our default state, we're not connected with God in the way that we should be, and we're not naturally inclined to giving up our selfish pursuits for the sake of our friends and for the sake of our community. In our present estate, we're inclined towards isolation. However, God knew that, and He knows that. And he wasn't content to just leave us in that state. This is what's so remarkable about the Christian faith. We don't have a God who waits for us to come to him. Rather, we have a God who came to us in the flesh. We have a God who came to us. 
Do you realize this? That Jesus left the Father's side to come to us. He entered into the loneliness and the isolation of our condition. He entered into the loneliness of life because he cares for you. You know, the very thing that we try to avoid so often, our loneliness, is something that Jesus entered into willingly for our sake. My favorite musical artist is Sufjan Stevens. Raise your hand if you know Sufjan Stevens. Yes, a few people. That's more than normal. Um, but this is what he says about Jesus, and this is what this is like. Why I love Sufjan, and this is what this is what like really got me into his music. This is some this is some lyrics of his. He says, "This is this is about Jesus. Uh, you could you gave your body to the lonely. They took your clothes. You gave up a wife and a family." And you gave your ghost to be alone with me. You went up on a tree. To be alone with me, you went up on a tree. I've never known a man who loved me. Jesus experienced our loneliness to be with us intimately. To know our experience firsthand. Jesus knows the pain you feel, the losses that you've experienced the desires you have to be close with another person. He knows it all. We're intended for connection with each other. But for Jesus to bring us into connection again with God and with, with others around us, he had to be cut off. He had to be disconnected. On the cross... Jesus experienced not only the isolation of all of his friends deserting him on a horizontal level, you know, this, the intimacy that we desire on a horizontal level, all of his friends deserted him. But he was also, he also experienced forsakenness. He also experienced this sense of being alone from the Father. He experienced both the vertical disconnection and the horizontal isolation that we all fear. You know, he did it, and he did this all for you. He cares about you. You know, it's as Sufyan said, he, 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 to be alone with me, he went up on a tree. He went up on the cross. He has earned us a place in the home of God. And, you know, when Jesus ascended into heaven after his resurrection, he didn't leave us alone to fend for ourselves. He he gave us his spirit and he told his disciples that I'm with you always until the end of the age. He's with you, intimately and mystically in some way. By his spirit, Jesus has, he's with us. You know, and by his spirit, Jesus has enabled us to live in such a way that we can love each other, not out of just like convenience and out of this sense of just like, I need to like love, I can love people and like use them in the process to make myself look better. No, he's enabled us to love in a self-sacrificing sort of way. And instead of running from our loneliness, you know, he's enabled us to actually begin to cultivate it in a way that we can actually enter into deeper connection with each other and with God. Rather than just numbing our lives away, we can utilize our loneliness. And we can utilize it to buy, actually, that's like Simba. It's like finding Timon and Pumbaa. It's like utilizing it in such a way that we can, we can recognize what we've been missing. You know? You know, and rather than just like, you know, when you're alone and you're trying to like numb yourself and like make sure you're not feeling lonely, like instead you can just pray because, you know, we have a God who wants to know us. We have a God who knows what it feels like to be lonely firsthand. 
And we have a God who seeks to meet us in our loneliness. You know, like, the, like Ecclesiastes says, because of Jesus, we can be like those that have someone with, with them when they fall. You know, when they're cold, they can be warm. And when they're being pressed to the point of feeling like they will break, they will not break. Together we can push forward. Here's my, like, Lord of the Rings reference. You know, we can, we can push forward like Frodo and Sam, going to Mount Doom. You know, because we know that the end is not going to end in isolation. There's hope for us who are in Jesus. There's a hope for us in Jesus that our end will be an end in perfect intimacy forever. Jesus has given us the hope of a future without loneliness or isolation because our greatest desires will ultimately be met being, by being with God forever and by being in perfect fellowship with those around us forever. No longer will we feel this ache of disconnection. No longer will we feel the sting of rejection or betrayal or loss or death. We will only know intimacy, connection, and joy forever and ever and ever. There's good news. Isolation is not the end of our story. It's not the end. So would you guys pray with me as we think about these things? Father in heaven, we thank you that you're a relational God, that you've created us for relationship and connection. We thank you that you didn't leave us in our loneliness and our isolation, but you came to us because you care for us in a a very specific way. God, would you help us today as we um, think about our loneliness and our isolation? Um, Would you help help us to just be moved into community and into friendship with one another? And rather than just isolating ourselves. God, would you help us to cling to you more deeply in our loneliness? In those moments of sadness and tragic isolation, would you help us to know you better in it? Because you know it. You've felt it. You've experienced it. You're a God who understands our experience, and we're really thankful for that. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for sending Jesus for us. Thank you for this group. The fact that it's a community and that we can experience connection in it. Something that you've given to us as a gift. We pray this all in Jesus' glorious name. Amen.